The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. First and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new look Big 12 Conference. First and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome on in to First and 12. Mitch Harper, Alex Keery coming to you on this Sunday morning. Every Sunday, 10 a.m. to noon. Also replayed 3 to 5 on KSL News Radio. Also airs on the KSL Sports Zone. Available on Podcast 2, KSL Sports app. And wherever you get your podcast, your weekly look at Big 12 football. And we got to just jump right in. It's our favorite segment of the week. It's always moving every single week. It's the power rankings here in the Big 12. The Big 12 Power Rankings Big Board. A weekly rank of all 12 programs from the elite to the bottom dwellers. All right, first things first. Spoiler alert. Oklahoma still at the top of the conference. I know it was just a two-point win over UCF, but uh, Brent Venables and uh, his guys, Mitch, they just, I mean, it's hard its hard not to put them at the very top. Obviously, they're undefeated. They're only the only ones that are undefeated. And uh, they're, keeping the, they're keeping the hopes alive for the possibility of a college football playoff contender, possibly, uh, with the Sooners there in Norman. But, uh, yeah, the 31-29 win over UCF, I think was less a function of how, you know, oh, uh, Oklahoma's a faker in any sense. But John Rice Plumley gives something else to Central Florida. Sorry, UCF. But they also, <laughs> Mitch, give uh, – I, I think that, that you just have to figure it out every week. And when you're undefeated, it just gets harder and harder and harder to win. And uh, they've already matched their win total from last season. So good for the Sooners this year, man. UCF AD and Terry Mahajer is going to come for you, Alex, I know, if you keep saying that Central Florida. You know what? Uh, it's, like the old, it's like that one guy who used to – you couldn't say, let's get ready to blankety-blank or he'd come after you. You know, yeah. you always have people listening. You can't be that guy. Terry Mahajer will absolutely – he almost reached across the table at Big 12 Media Day and choked me. So, yeah, I'm, I'll feel the wrath. I have a hard time – I have a hard time shaking that habit, man. Number two, Texas. I, I got to ask, Alex, would you have considered – moving Texas to number one had they blown out Houston after Oklahoma had a close call. Because when it was 21-0 over Houston, I was thinking maybe Texas has got to move up to that number one spot, but it stands stays in place. No, because a blowout against Houston was supposed to be the standard, right? Yeah, so that's, that's you holding serve. That's you kind of just being normal. Uh, you know, again, you're maybe you're supposed to beat UCF by more if you're Oklahoma, but – now, yeah. Texas was supposed to beat Houston by that much, and the head-to-head, of course, is going to still go to Oklahoma between those two. And, you know, I don't think Oklahoma had an awful day. I just think that UCF showed up to play, man, and they just they have that, t- they have that target on their back. It's going to get harder every week. Uh, number three, the old power rankings as we get you going here. I, look, I was, I was wondering, too, about this because I actually saw the, – when I saw the, 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 the game go final between TCU and, and K-State, I thought – well, that wasn't much of a uh, rematch from the big, the old Big 12 uh, championship game <laughs> last year, which was a which was an awesome game to watch. I think it went into overtime, didn't it? So, I mean, that was that was yeah. an awesome game, and uh, no such luck. 41 to three, the Horn Frogs and Josh Hoover decided, nope, we're good. We'll just be Paper Tigers the first week against BYU out of the gates, and then we'll just go back to losing the rest of the way. 
TCU's a mess. But, yeah, Kansas State, a hard number three, too. I think they're in a very, very solid number three spot right there this week. Number four, Oklahoma State. They did have a win over K-State earlier this year, but I think the body yeah. work at K-State still gets the edge. Oklahoma State, though, trending up. They're playing great football. And what a turnaround because – We've talked about it a few times here on the show, but, I mean, that, that loss early in the season, they seemed like they were disjointed in the locker room, but they've rallied. And Alan Bowman has been comfortably now as the quarterback, and they finally got a clear vision there, and it's worked. And now they're getting on a win streak. And, hey, maybe Bedlam, the final edition, as the, the folks in, in the, around Oklahoma, when Bedlam gets laid to rest, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Coach oh, Venables. Come on. Uh, do? Maybe, yeah. maybe Oklahoma State's got a chance to be a spoiler to OU. I'm sure. No, you know what's great about that? that. And now that you say it, hey, you know what that means? That BYU game becomes a trap game. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then it's a because what what weekend is Bedlam? I mean, what what's the actual game for that? For or what's the actual date? November fourth. Oh, okay. So no, no, no. Two weeks I before. guess that, it is a couple weeks before. So yeah. You kind of wish you were playing one of those guys after afterward, but no, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But BYU gets those two guys back to back. Can you believe that? <laughs> now, when you look at it, Oklahoma <laughs> and Oklahoma State. Uh, yes, so there you go. Now we started to get a little bit weird because in the middle, I don't even know. It's like nobody <laughs> wants to move up or down. It seems like Iowa State kind of just stay, you know staying pat because they had a bye week. Kansas, same thing. West Virginia. I mean. <laughs> I don't know what to think about Neil Brown's team, but we're back to thinking about this guy maybe losing his job at this point, or maybe at least get that seat getting hotter this year, right? They're competitive, but yeah, they got to get to six, and it's tough, and they're still at that four win mark, and and uh, tough to lose at home, tough to lose that hell mary last week, uh, two winnable games, and they let him slip through the cracks. So yeah, Neil Brown maybe uh, if he doesn't get to six, then it, it becomes a real conversation again uh, on his hot seat status. Number eight, BYU, they move up. Big bounce back win for the Cougs. I think it was deserved for them to go up. Tate. Now this will be controversial, Alex. Number nine. Who do we got there? Yeah, TCU. I can't believe you put BYU ahead of TCU here, Mitch. No, we decided on this together. We but did. I think it's I think it's because I mean overall BYU has a better record. TCU is. I mean, when you talk about like because it's such a weird whiplash, I think that just shows you how much of a mess they actually might really be. Uh, I don't think we got the real version of TCU last week. I think that you got just a week where they came out and they were fired up and they prepared for BYU better than BYU prepared for them. And then TCU this week gets their butts handed to them uh, on the opposite side of things. And I think TCU, we could see them shoot back up the board. We could see them go even further down. I mean, it, it's crazy. I don't see them really sitting anywhere in the middle. They, they're uh, they're schizophrenic with that thing, uh, with them. And you know what? Uh, at number 10, I know you got a team right there who's uh, – at least not in the basement anymore like they have been. That's Baylor. And, you know, I, I considered maybe UCF here because even – but they haven't won any games. So Baylor gets the nod after they, they won a game at Cincinnati. Uh, and, you know, Blake Shapin showed a lot of promise because I really thought he was damaged goods. I mean, since that Big 12 championship game in 2021, he hasn't been good for Baylor. He's struggled. And I thought that was his best performance since the Big 12 title game a few years ago. So Baylor checks in at number 10. Yeah, and I feel bad for Joey McGuire in Texas Tech at eleven because uh, I like him again. I don't know. I have these, I have these, I have these coaches in my mind that I'm like, man, I want to see that guy in the league for a long time, and they might not be uh, in the league for very long if they can't figure their stuff out. But Texas Tech at eleven, and uh, they might even fall even further by the time this whole thing is said and done. Maybe go on one, go on one of those uh, 
those, those famous BYU four-game losing streaks like they had last year. I don't know. It's just bad look right now for Tech, and uh, the Red Raiders fans are reeling right now. Joey McGuire assembles talent almost as good as, as well as anyone in this Big 12. He can recruit at a high level. He's got a five-star commit in the 2024 recruiting class, and he's got talent on that roster, but they are not disciplined, Alex. And then when you insert a true freshman at quarterback, the wheels just came off for Texas Tech. They were a mess against BYU. Number 12, UCF. Again, I think that was – even though they haven't won a game in the league yet – I think I saw a lot from them, and I think you're right that John Reese Plumley just is a game changer for them. He brings so much more confidence to that offense. So they're the best of that AAC newcomers that are now mm-hmm. in the league who who fill the last three spots. Hey, good for them. Anytime you can pull yourself out of the total basement, good for them. Uh, yeah, you're right, though. The newcomers are, are struggling. Uh, Houston at 13, and I think that's like us being like, hey, man. Houston, nice job, you guys. We'll put you up at 13, uh, and almost, but almost not just because you barely lost to Texas, but because number 14 is such a bad team right now. That's Cincinnati, and this is what it's feeling like it was going to be all along with Scott Satterfield, and they surprised us all getting a you know, full pit experience win where just it's pit being pit. Uh, yeah. But that that's what that was, and Cincinnati is, is becoming what – we thought. I mean, I predicted them in the preseason to go winless in the league, and they're well on their way because they're 0-4 and they're on a five-game skid at the moment. Uh, we'll take a break here. We've got our sound roundup around the corner, a special little ditty that's uh, been drawn up by our producer, Eric, who we are uh, very grateful to because uh, we asked kind of as a joke, and he put together something amazing you do not want to miss. It's all part of our sound roundup and so many more things going on right here. It's a first and 12 on a Sunday Thanks for joining us. Alex Curie, Mitch Harper, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone and KSL News Radio. Stay right here. Big 12 Sound Roundup. Check one, two. The best bites, cheap shots, and excuses from Saturday's postgame news conferences. I've been waiting for this segment all day, knowing what our producer Eric has in store. This is a fun one. First and 12, Alex Curie, Mitch Harper. It is KSL News Radio. It is the KSL Sports Zone. You can hear us on both of those on a day like today as we get you ready for not just uh, everything across the Big 12, but, of course, there's a lot of that BYU flavor to it and what they did last night in that win against Texas Tech. Of course, if you missed any of the show, you can download the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Uh, it's all brought to you by Macy's. Happy shopping. And uh, – this is this is one of our fun ones here, so let's jump in right here. It is our uh, weekly sound roundup, and I think that the best one – now, last week we even mentioned it, and this is what it sounded like uh, because we were listening to Mike Gundy, and we couldn't help but think that it sounded a little bit like it needed a bit, a bit of a remix. So here's where this moment was born last week when we actually had a, uh, a moment where our producer Eric said, I got you, and he took care of it. So here was Mike Gundy from last week, and here's what we got. Eric gave us intel that he might be, you know, working behind the oh, scenes boy. on that Big 12 is hard remix. Big 12 hard. They're working hard. They're working hard. And Big 12's hard. Big 12's hard. 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 Big 12's hard. Hard. Big 12's hard. 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 Big 12's hard. Hard. Big 12's hard, hard, hard. Big 12's hard, hard. They're working hard. They're working hard. Big 12's big, big 12 hard. Big 12's hard, hard, hard. Big 12's yes. They're working hard. They're working hard. Big 12, big 12, big 12's hard. Oh my gosh, Eric. Yes. 
That is so I'm good, just, I just got a call from Brett Yormark saying, yes, it's additive. <laughs> I love it. It's younger. It's hipper. Thank you for the question. I love these kids. I love these kids. Can we get to play more basketball? Can we have this at a basketball tournament? <laughs> Outstanding, Eric. Oh, well done. Eric, fantastic job. So that was from last week. Now, that wasn't even Mike Gundy. Who was it? That said Dana that? Holgerson. It was Holgerson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, because Big 12's hard. That's how you have to win the game. you got to throw a freaking Hail Mary to win the thing. That's Big 12's hard, so hard, man. Big 12's hard. Big 12's hard. you got to work hard. Uh, Great stuff. I, any, every week we look for something along those lines. And so uh, now a couple things. Mitch pointed this one out. This was in the post game of BYU and uh, Texas Tech. And it was the running back, Aiden Robbins, who uh, got a nice little – Kind of welcome back to Provo with his after his uh, rib injury and and kind of got some more carries. Sixteen carries for forty nine yards, uh, workhorse type of day for him and getting BYU's run game back on track. But more importantly, he pointed out how big time the stadium atmosphere was. Of course, very different from the time when he was uh, playing football at UNLV. Uh, it's crazy. It's truly crazy. I played in some big stadiums, but I ain't never played in a stadium like this with these type of fans. Like it's it's a difference between just having people fill up seats, but and having people fill up the seats and they making noise, you know what I mean? People that's into the game, everybody out there sober too, so I love it. <laughs> they just out there yelling. <laughs> How fun was it to be in the locker room tonight, particularly after the disappointment last week? Um, I didn't make it in the locker room, actually. I was out there um, with Darius and Keelan and uh, Keaton and Chase signing autographs and stuff, trying to make the kids happy, but... I'm sure there was a party in the locker room, man. I hope to see some videos of some guys dancing. <laughs> How much of a confidence boost is this performance for you individually going forward and what you can contribute down the stretch run? Um, I never really was down on myself. Um, I mean, it was good to get my feet wet, but I always had confidence in myself. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I was a thousand-yard rusher last year. It was never a doubt in my mind that if I could do it or not, it was just when I was going to be able to do that. Third down is Last question. third and 13. seemed like a conservative play call, but you, you pick up the first down, put the hammer down in this game. Just Was that the thought that you were going to go pick that up? And- yeah, of course. I mean, it's just I don't make the calls. Um, whatever A-Rod calls, you know, it's, it's my job to, to go execute that. And he made that call, so that means he, he believed in me to go do it, and so I had to go show him that, you know, I can do it. So there you go. Aiden Robbins, uh, Mitch, you pointed it out. They are cray-cray in the uh, in the stands there at BYU, uh, and uh, they can get well, wild they even when they're sober. Come on, it was the how bacon maple not? bar yesterday. The when Taylor, you're getting an absolute, tail. when you're getting an absolutely jacked Cosmo in front of you, a seventy-year-old <laughs> like Cosmo's a grandpa. He's seventy. Uh, Dude's an absolute unit. He's the peak <laughs> cat performance. Okay. Cosmo is a beast. He's absolutely yeah. jacked out of his mind. So how could you not? Even if you're even yeah. if you're sober, you got to be hyped because you're seeing Cosmo with some flamethrowers, the Let's fire knives. It's outstanding. Yeah, and Aiden you know Robbins what? was very good for BYU too. It'd be 46 yards, but it was impactful in some of those carries. And I thought it was his far and away his best performance as a BYU Cougar. I thought it was very. Uh, it was metaphorical. When uh, Cosmo ripped the shirt off and revealed the co- the the very weird Cougar six pack, so there you go. <laughs> the, well, the thing the, is, do you for see the those in time. nature a lot? Do they have those in nature? If like they stood up, do they have a, a Cougar six pack? I don't think so. Here's a Cougar cat stat. I don't know if that's a, a thing, but uh, <laughs> BYU had got their first win, Alex, 
when Cosmo danced with the Cougarettes. First time hey. it's happened since 2017 when he busted out the AO and Teo Rolex viral video. They've so been winless in those games. I didn't know that. I think that you just assume if Cosmo's dancing at night, they probably <laughs> won that game because it was at night. Oh, no. But, my it goodness. was a winless stretch, so... They uh they changed the the tune because he 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 broke Look out a move that. with the Cougarettes and then he's just flexing for the Cougarettes. He probably took a selfie shirtless, show that six pack. I'm oh, picturing man. the step the stepbrother scene when the the brother oh, yeah. comes up in the tree and says, "You want to see this? You want to touch this?" <laughs> Didn't think so. <laughs> he has huge Cougar packs. Like what is that about? Uh, <laughs> all right. This one comes from this one was a little Speaking gem. Of I was gonna say this one was a little gem we found <laughs> in the Oklahoma game. Nothing better than a backhanded compliment from the best team in the conference right here. Brent Venables after the game, uh congratulating UCF. <laughs> Here's what it sounded like. Here's how he rolled it out. I think he knew it sounded weird, so he went straight into a golf metaphor. I'm really proud of uh our team. Uh congratulations to on just a great game by by uh Coach Malls on and his staff and certainly his team. Uh, we were fortunate to win the game. Uh, we made a, enough mistakes today to to uh, to lose. Um, Captain obvious here, and uh, but we were able to overcome it. And kind of like in golf, on the scorecard, there's a real small little box. When you make that par, I'd made, I hadn't made many, but uh, you can't explain everything that happened in the game uh, or on that particular hole not enough room and uh, it all counts the same if it's a par and uh so we'll take it like find lots of different ways to win the game thought uh and we got into a a really good rhythm on defense early and four straight drives of three and out and then uh, gave up a drive there where we stop them on third down on the goal line and then get the uh taunting penalty and uh, our guys continue to fight and uh, but this game will punish you for uh, the lack of poise and discipline. Challenge the team to start the week in the back half of the season to be, you know, strive to be described when people describe this team, you know, something that you can, you know, identify, you know, the, the DNA of Team 129 and, you know, strive for people calling you disciplined. And we were exactly opposite of that today i'm convinced brent venables did not know the team he faced that's no. why he pivoted to coach malzahn uh, that's what i was gonna say he read malzahn off of his hand too i feel like <laughs> and he's never played golf before because you don't put a box around a par i now we know for sure that brent venables cheats at golf so there there we have the evidence thank you very much that's part of our sound roundup. We're having way too much fun with this one. Mitch, what do we have on the uh, flip side here as we get to the next portion of our program? Four Corners Whip Round. You at Utah, USC. That was a big game in Arizona oh, yeah. State, Washington. So we'll talk about that. And then what's next in the Big 12 for Week 9. It's all brought to you by Macy's Grocery Store. Get the freshest fruits and, and vegetables from local farms and your favorite local brands. Macy's. Happy shopping, taking the time out. We'll get to that Utah-USC game in our Four Corners Whip Around right here on 1st and 12, and it's powered by KSL Sports. The following is a presentation of KSL Sports. 1st and 12. A total roundup of this weekend's BYU football and the new-look Big 12 Conference. 1st and 12 is sponsored by Macy's Grocery Store. Your hosts are Mitch Harper and Alex Keery on KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. That new look Big 12 is going to feature the Four Corner Schools next year. 
each week here on First and 12. Mitch Harper, Alex Keery. We get a look around the four corners. Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado. What they're up to. We keep tabs on them, and we do it every single week in our Four Corners Whip Around. The Four Corners Whip Around. Whip Around. We check on future Big 12 opponents and rivals from the Four Corners. All right, let's start things off with, uh, I predicted it last week, Arizona State showing up against the number five Washington Huskies. You called it. I said it was going to be a little bit of a sleeper game for for Washington. They're still a little bit hungover from that win over their rival Oregon. And uh, sure enough, it took a 90-yard pick six for them to get this win. Michael Penix Jr., zero touchdowns, two interceptions on the night. Uh, and so there's a little something that – you know, if you're if if you're Arizona State, you go look. We are one and six, but it seems like they've been close in a lot of these games. So I, you know, I, I don't totally write off what they're doing at Arizona State because I think there's a lot of pride right there in that program because they're building something. But you know, uh, it, you got close, and uh, Washington, <laughs> you can't have a game like that against against a non Arizona school, a non Arizona State school. But uh, that's what the Sun Devils did uh, across. Uh, in this one. But, yeah, like I said, that's a nice th- – th- you knew that they were going to be able to – Kenny Dillingham, poor guy. I hate saying that because it's like bless his heart. But, you know what, that team's uh, that team's not, not very good. They're 1-6, like I said, but they've been close in a lot of games. And their only win is against Southern Utah. The remaining schedule, Washington State at Utah, at UCLA, Oregon, Arizona. They might be going 1-11. But, hey, yep. just show promise, show signs that you can maybe build on it because – Dillingham's a good recruiter, and I think he, he'll get some good talent to Tempe, but uh, it is a big rebuild. Uh, Herm Edwards left that covered bare, but that, so that was a nice effort c- competing against a high-powered offense like, like Washington and only limiting them to 15 points. Uh, next up in the, uh, in the school. Wild closet, game. I would, you know, this, this one, of course, the local flair on this one's a big time. And uh, let me just go with the big headline, of course, which is that Cam Rising is out for the rest of the season. For the Utah Utes, not shocked at all, but we finally at least got word. Uh, you know, they 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 kept it under their hat long enough. Whatever, Cam Rising out for the rest of the year, and the Utah Utes have gone four and zero in the last four games against USC. And speaking of teams who never want to play other teams again, USC will be so happy to see Utah in the rear view. But a uh, final kick at the at the buzzer there uh, by Cole Becker. Uh, you get yourself a a win. And Kyle Whittingham is just a freaking magician against against USC. And poor Caleb Williams was sad on the sidelines, Mitch. I don't know if you saw it after the game. But he wasn't very happy about this one. Nobody showed his fingernails, and I'm mad about it. I thought that was a big storyline. No one showed it. I was disappointed in that, too, that we didn't see uh, an update on, on the nails. <laughs> like, it was the first time I uh, – I've ever been curious. Hey, well, what's on those nails? Uh, maybe yeah, yeah. I, I, I needed to say that more to my wife. She's getting her done, and I always like go. She's like, you didn't notice my nails, and I was like, well, they're not like Caleb Williams. They don't have uh, explicit messages on them. But uh, blank, Mitch. <laughs> then she she then proceeds to say that after I don't recognize them. Uh, but uh, you know, you Utah is it's they have just found ways to get it done, and you know, to win thirty four to thirty two at USC suddenly. Alex, I think they've been they're set up to chase again a three-peat. You know, a couple of weeks ago I thought no way. They they're not going to come close to having a three-peat, but they're in the hunt once again for the Pac-12. And I'm curious too, you brought up Cam Rising. 
you know, there's a lot of talk about he gets a medical red shirt. He's got to get approved for that by the NCAA. Do we see him in the Big 12 next year, or does he maybe transfer, you think? Like, what do you think is the probability that he is actually lining it up in some Big 12 action next year, you think? Here's the thing is I don't think he's a big-time NFL guy. Like, And uh, after a year like this, I mean, he was already not really somebody who was going to be a draft pick type guy. He was probably more along the lines, according to a lot of scouts, going to be a late, late round guy or just frankly undrafted. And when you're that kind of that kind of grade and you don't have anything to show from your senior year, yeah, you have a pretty really you have a really good resume. And it's a, and it's pretty sharp. Uh, but I don't know. The thing is, is that there's a little bit of ill will with him rolling out the way he did. And I know injuries are injuries, but I think there's this feeling that people felt like he kept it under his hat so he could get paid, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Like these guys have to take care of themselves. But the only problem with that is is that now I don't think you're going to see that money that you know might be something that could be the lure. Isn't that weird that we're talking about that? But that <laughs> money I think is a is a it's a real thing. I mean that and if you're not if it's not on the table and if you don't have the the wherewithal to be like, you know what? I don't know if I want to come back for another year uh to try to do this thing again and maybe injure myself again and then really be done with the NFL stuff, but you know who knows. These guys can make their own decisions, but yeah, camerizing, uh, you know, wrapping it up. Bryson Barnes earning his freaking keep, man. He did it, and uh, and it was it was a nice win for the Utes, and just pulled it out. That those close games have been signature, and uh, don't don't call it a non rivalry, uh, even though it goes off into the sunset. It was one of the best ones we've seen in recent history. Big win, and the Big Twelve gets a split against the Big Ten in these games. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I USC. Hates everybody, right? <laughs> now they just can't wait. They want to beat everyone, but they hate everyone. But they hate Utah more and, than any anybody. And has Caleb has Caleb Williams become instantly unlikable? A hundred percent. It feels like he's just became an unlikable player. Where at first yeah. I think everyone just loved how he played, and now it's like you know what? Just move on to the NFL already because he's, yeah. his personality is easy to not cheer for. Right, doing the Dr. Pepper commercials and, and everybody looking at him going, but he is, he's you know, this week when he was asked about it and he got after that Notre Dame guy who, uh, did you see that whole interaction, by the way? Yes. He goes after that Notre Dame student mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, goes out, who puts him on his TikTok and he goes, you know, I can't pay attention to some sheep who's out there. I'm a lion. I don't pay attention to that. And you're like, dude, you just mentioned it. He won. This, this nameless <laughs> kid just won the battle. But, yeah. Uh, I've never liked him, <laughs> so yeah. uh, so there you go. I mean, I like I like competitors, and he is one. But yeah, you know, there's there's an ego there, and I think USC doesn't help with that. And that's your four corners whip around right there. Uh, we'll come back. We will uh, we will jump back in again, and let's give you a preview as to what the rest of the Big Twelve schedule looks like next week. Uh, some teams going to their bye weeks, and some. I mean, we're going to be back into some full, full, full schedules again. But lots going on next week. A bunch of games you don't want to miss. We'll tell you about it next. Stay right here. It is first and twelve, right here on KSL News Radio, and as heard also on the KSL Sports Zone. And download the podcast wherever you can find your fine podcast. More to go. Stay with us. Sunday's just the start of the Big Twelve and Power Five breakdown. Listen to Unrivaled Monday on your drive home. Afternoons three to six on ninety-seven five, the KSL Sports Zone. Busy week ahead in the Big Twelve Conference. We're always keeping tabs on all things Big Twelve football here on First and Twelve. Mitch Harper, Alex Keery. Appreciate all of you always listening to the program. It's 
it's been a lot of fun each and every week doing this show with Alex. I think we're, we've been having a, a, just a lot of fun. Speaking for myself, I think you feel the same way, though, Alex. We, we've just enjoyed going kind of neck deep in this league every single week and oh, yeah. and really covering this thing uh, full throttle because this is, you know, here in Salt Lake and this is the this is the league that's going to represent this market going forward yep. and and there's a lot of passionate fan bases in this league and these fan bases around the conference are going to have some great matchups to consume this weekend as week 9 is a loaded slate. Well, and uh, before we get to that, also forcing our producer Eric to also enjoy himself on on weeks like this. We appreciate yes. all the work that he does on a weekly basis. Uh, it is it is a ton of fun. So, uh, as you look at it, of course, Mitch, you're making the trip down to Austin now. I think you did make the trip down when they won in 2014, 13. What was the year of the actual? I can't 14. remember the actual. So did you make the trip down there? Were you actually uh, up in the up in the press box working on that one, or, or was that uh, was a little not. bit prior to your time? I was not. So that was just one I, I watched on, on a television set. So I've never been to Austin. So I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, but it is going to be a very difficult game for BYU. I don't know what your thoughts are on this one, but with uh, with you know the possibility of Quinn Ewers being out and uh, another backup taking on BYU, and I think and I think Texas feeling the pressure to be like, well, we're home and we had a, a, a cruddy week last week, we got to show out. I think BYU might be a, a victim of that for next week. I think you're right, but I feel like it's just a, a nice spot to be in where there's just nothing to lose, and and I do like that BYU got a little bit of momentum coming from that Texas Tech game where. You know, the defense has playmakers, Eddie Hecker, Tyler Batty, even the, you know, the new middle linebackers at the max spot, Harrison Taggart, Cialia, Sarah. They're How about a Sarah? Production. Yeah. How about a Sarah coming through on that TFL that he had? I thought, man, that kid, good for him, man, because, like, his number may not have been, have been called all year long if it weren't for injuries. And he just – I really liked uh, it, to see – when I saw it, I was like, I was like, 54, is that a Sarah busting through on the <laughs> TFL? It was awesome, man. It was. And, you know, he was dealing with the MCL injury in fall camp, got his first – playing time last week against TCU, and he's making the most of his opportunities, and, and he's giving you flashes of his potential. I mean, he was a four-star recruit, and he's going to be a good one for B1. So I just I like that they just go into a setting where there's low pressure, and because Kalani teams, they do well in low-pressure games. Think about Wisconsin in 2018. Whenever, when they're just kind of written off and there's no expectations to perform, they do well, and look, they, they got the vampire thing against them. It's a 130 kick. It's going to be on ABC, and we'll have it on, on KSL News Radio. Maybe they can, uh, you know, in that, that trend of playing poorly in the day, but there's nothing to lose, and, you know, everyone's going to expect you to lose, so just go in loose, play your best, and see what happens, kind of like what Houston had today and, and or yesterday. If BYU can just be in the game in the fourth quarter – Hey, I'd be just you know fascinated to see how that happens because then Texas is getting a little uneasy and they might do a little finger pointing and you know BYU maybe can capitalize. So let's just see what happens. Oklahoma at Kansas. Now this is a game to me. 10 a.m. Fox. I feel like this is upset potential here. Kansas is good at home. We'll see what happens with Jalen Daniels. Of course, that's always the big storyline with the Jayhawks, but. You know, I predicted in the preseason this was the game that Oklahoma would lose. Uh, you know, I thought that they'd lose to Texas, but they obviously got that one. I, I feel like Kansas pulls an upset here. Well, and they're coming really off maybe of the edges themselves. 
Right, and they're coming off the bye, right? And so the, the thing is, yes. is that maybe they come out and they go, hey, we're do the thing what BYU is supposed to do, and they didn't do it. Come out refreshed, get after Oklahoma, who, you know, hasn't had a break yet, and uh, and they're looking, or, uh, you know, is 7-0, and and Kansas is coming in there going, uh, hey, we just came off a bye. We'll see if you guys can figure this out week in and week out. Although Oklahoma's probably going, yeah, we're not going to let this, we're not going to let our guard down again like we did against UCF. Houston at Kansas State. Uh, I mean, this would be about the wildest upset that we've seen in a while, but Houston also, I mean, but the Big 12 has provided some stupidity like that uh, this year already, so uh, who knows? I just can't see them going into Manhattan and getting anything done, the Houston Cougars. Yeah, I don't see that. And then also in that 10 a.m. window, West Virginia at UCF. Got to win that one if you're West Virginia and UCF still looking for their first Big 12 win, so good storylines in that one, 10 a.m., on FS1. Then in the 130 slot, you got BYU at Texas, which late last night, ABC gets the call there for BYU in Texas. It was either ABC or ESPN to get the network television treatment. And then in that same window, Iowa State goes to Baylor. Baylor's the resident streaming team this year. They're Big 12 now on ESPN+. What do you make of the Cyclones? Do you think they'd come back from a bye and get a win on on the banks of the Brazos (laughs) in Waco? I love the idea that Baylor, like, oh, I think they figured some things out. Next week we're going to find out that they actually did not. I see Iowa <laughs> State still rolling. Like, they just, I mean, uh, why not? I mean, Baylor, it's not like Baylor's been any good at home. I mean, it's just they've, they're, they're, they've, they were a struggle even there in Waco. But has Blake Shapin figured it out? Is uh, Jeff Grimes going to be airing it out, you know, uh, per his AD's orders? Maybe Cincinnati at Oklahoma State, that's your ESPN 2, 6 p.m. kick. Uh you know what? Cincinnati beating Oklahoma State, it would be a very Big 12 move, but I see Mike Gundy just trending so far upward for uh, for this Cowboy team. And Ollie Gordon at running back, Alan Bowman at quarterback, that is becoming quite the tandem. I mean, Ollie Gordon has rushed for over nearly 600 yards the last two weeks. He has been incredible Crazy. for Oklahoma State. And, you know, you can't expect that sort of workload every week. But, man, he rushed for 280-plus against West Virginia. And Oklahoma State's offense, you know, they've settled in. The offensive line had a, a completely new run-blocking scheme, their new blo- blocking scheme, and, and they've settled in. And they've kind of figured out all their personnel, and they're gaining confidence and. You know, Mike Gundy teams just always kind of they, they start to surge in the back half of seasons, and it's feeling kind of like a classic Mike Gundy team once again where they're starting to play their best football at the midway point. So it's, uh, listen, Texas Tech and TCU, you're only two teams with uh, buys next week. Both of them need it. I mean, that means they went the longest stretch without uh, without a break. And, uh, my, you know, in terms of regrouping, Joey McGuire, that Texas Tech team, and then Sonny Dykes, who went, well, one week we give up, uh, or one week we lose <laughs> by 40. We, we win by 33 the week before. Uh, it's, a, it's a wild thing, man. And, and to see that, that TCU team be so much different than they were last year and uh, to already have four losses in the season is just crazy. So And it's, there's, and it's wild, too, Alex, yeah. to think that those teams are already eight games down. You're thinking, well, I know. we only got four games left. I'm, I'm leaving Provo last night, and I'm seeing – Whoa, Texas Tech's three and five. They only got yeah. four games left. Like it's, it is. We're week sticking. eight now. Next week is week nine. I mean, that's where we're at right yep. now. That's what crazy our lives have become because it's going to be November after next Saturday. We're into those November games for BYU. So, uh, and then of course that that game next week at Texas. I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to. Hey, have fun down there. By the way, should be should be Thanks. a lot of fun. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, again, by the way, BYU was a team that Texas was like, we're never going to schedule these cats. <laughs> 
ding dong, here they are, you know. <laughs> Taysom, what's the hurdle? <laughs> Tayshawn, hey, I, that Tayshawn Hill's a good kid, but I never want to see his dang face around here ever again. <laughs> All right, uh, for Mitch Harper, Alex Curie, our producer, Eric does such a fantastic job. Eric Cabrera just uh, hitting the buttons and uh, a lot more, obviously, uh, behind the scenes doing such a good job. We appreciate all the work he does every week. So, for Mitch Harper, I'm Alex Curie. You can hear both of us, Cougar Nation, tomorrow for Mitch. Uh, and, of course, you can hear me 3 to 6 on the KSL Sports Zone as well. Tune in all week long on the KSL Sports Zone. We're going to break down all of the local teams and Mitch and Matt Biamonte on Cougar Sports Saturday. Did I get us all in there, Mitch? Did everything get promoted? We got like it all. We, uh, okay. All the contracts have been honored. So, there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, for all those guys, I'm Alex. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for being with us.